I don't know if you have this philosophy. If I call you and say to you, Felicia, I want you to come to Vegas for a month. And you're like, Joey, I don't know. What am I going to do? My kids, you know, this, the school. And all of a sudden I say to you, just hit them with a fucking number. Because when you're busy, you got to throw high numbers because you don't give a fuck if you get the bid or not. Right. If you get the bid, it's gravy. If not, you're busy. Right. And that's what these motherfuckers do. I'm busy. You want us to fit you in here? We'll fit you in here on a weekend for 15000 And you're like, what the fuck? Call that bitch in December when he's as busy as the Maytag repair man. He'll come over here and do it for half that. They're fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, this week, a lot of air conditioners. I mean, I got in the car yesterday, and it was something from another world. And I'm not, I don't get I went to the Y yesterday. I went to the Y in the afternoon, but I can feel like at one yesterday, it was up there. It was pretty It was up there high. in the valley, and it's kind of rough. And at night, the thing that we have in the valley that's very nice is that this is like a baby desert. It drops so much at night sometimes. It gets really cool. Like but I lately, even the last couple of days, it hasn't really been dropping no, that much. No, but like yeah. this morning, it was it was 78 when I got on the 101. And when I got back in my car from that little fucking breakfast meeting, it was 90 fucking two degrees. Yeah, yeah. Just like that. And I go, well, yeah. maybe it's Hollywood in contrast to the fucking valley. I pulled off the 101. It was 94. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh last it's, night at six thirty I was driving over uh, uh the four oh five to go to Santa Monica for my date and uh, it was a hundred degrees on top of uh of uh Molana Pass. How was your date last night? This was a match dot com date. Well, well I'm not on match, I told Whatever you. Whatever the fuck Cupid. Uh, uh, oh, I wrote this new joke. Is it coincidence that OK Cupid rhymes with I'm with stupid? Yeah, <laughs> please. No, you know, it was someone, I, I saw him on OK Cupid, but it was someone that I had known very briefly uh, when I did uh, uh, photography in the past. And it was OK. It was OK. You know, like, uh, you know, it was OK. I, I, I'm probably going to take myself off. For a month, I, I committed myself to dates all this weekend, and then I'm gonna take myself off and, you know, just kind of fucking get over that motherfucker. After a year fucking. or three months or anything in life, you gotta give it a breather. And yeah. we don't. As yeah. human beings, we don't. We think that you know. You said that your grandmother or Wendy's, oh, Wendy's grandmother, grandmother said, says to get over a guy, you gotta get under. Get under guy. a guy. You know yeah. what, bro? It doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. It's quick because you know what? At the end of the week, you feel bad about yourself in a way, kind of. I mean, and you know what's crazy? In '84, I had a like I went off the deep end later that year, and I called the high school teacher of mine. This is a fucking crazy story. And I called him up, and he came and he put me in his house. In fact, I just seen the baby that was four when I lived with him. I just seen him at Burbank Airport. He works for fucking Warner Brothers. He's a man now. We talked, and we had a beer, and I got on my flight. And it's so weird that. He was an AA, and he took me to a meeting. He goes, you either want to stay at home with my wife, you come to a meeting with me. And I go, you know what, I got to get some weed anyway. You go to Newark, I go to Newark, and while you're at the meeting, I go get weed, you know. And I went to the meeting with him, and he brought me to this meeting out of his heart, and he sat me down, and I hadn't done coke in about a week at that time, and I was really trying to get off the coke and trying to get my life together. And somebody said something that was fucking so stupid that I almost died. They're like, you know, when you're trying to get your life together, it's better that you don't date. And at that time, I wasn't really dating. I would get a gram of Coke and go out and bump into a victim. And next thing you know, you're eating pussy and you're doing rocks. And you get up the next morning and you move on with your fucking life. No, and you still feel a bad as, plan. No. And you still feel as shitty as you did when you went in. Because at the time, I was, I had, I was also in your position. I just stopped dating somebody. We were friends in high school. And we knew that we shouldn't have fucked around. And we fucked around and it ended up something bad. Thank God today, 30 years later, we're best friends. I talk to her once a week on the phone. 
But it's so weird that at this AA meeting, somebody said something, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, you know, when you try, I was 21 or 22, he goes, when you're trying to get your life together, what we recommend people is to stay celibate for a fucking year. And at that time, I wasn't Mel Gibson. It wasn't like I was getting pussy, but I was getting strange pussy, you know, four in the morning, tying them up, choking them, that type of cocaine, <laughs> crazy pussy. And I, and I thought about it. And you know what? I said, you know what? I'm not... And I still didn't, I didn't do any coke. I didn't do any coke. I, still, I worked as a bartender in New York and, and I didn't hit on nobody. I didn't really talk to nobody. And I, and I stayed celibate for like nine months. And I got to tell you, it made a big difference. You stayed celibate for nine for months? For nine months. Didn't even think about it. I just focused on staying clean and trying to. And in that time, I'll tell you what I did. I, I got my life together. I got a job. I got back into the Sheridan Center. These are little things. And I put money together to move to Colorado. Uh, for good, like I had gone there and ducked, fucked around and went back to New York and got myself into drug trouble and shit. And I said, I'm gonna go to Colorado. And I got my head good enough to be able to come to Colorado and, you know, start a bank account. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I was still fucking around with stolen credit cards then, but <laughs> I was in a different head. Yeah. And it was because it gave me nine months. You know, sometimes we start dating when we're 14 and we just keep going. You just keep going, keep going, and you have the little ones, the two-month ones, the messes in the middle, and the guy's sister that you fucked. There's always something. Right. And I said, let me just back out of this, and uh, it, it was amazing. I don't, you know, and at the time, I, like I said, I wasn't no Charlie Sheen knocking shit well, out of the ballpark. Well, you know, here's the thing, and, uh, and, and uh, God, f forgive me if I'm sharing too much, but the thing is, is I'm a pretty sexual person, and when you're a sexual person... Uh, and it's hard to wrangle it like you know I I'm gonna be quite honest with you like from being a stripper when I was uh, 19 years old 18 years old like it's a powerful thing to feel attractive to men that's a very powerful thing I never felt that until I was a stripper and you know what I kind of fucking liked it and then I did comedy and then I got a lot of shit in comedy because of the way I looked that's the truth that's the odds the God's honest truth and then I went through this period of like, people should like me for who I am. And you know what? I kind of picked my uh, ex-husband because uh, he, he was a different type of guy. He really liked who I was as a person, but he, he's not a, a hugely sexual being. I mean, of course he likes sex, but everyone's physically different. And then I was in a marriage where it was, the sex was not on top of the <coughs> list. And, and, and then... I realized, like, I am a fucking really sexual person. I enjoy it. Uh, and so then after I got separated, like, in divorce, it's like, yeah, I want to have a lot of sex. But then you start losing sight of what good is it really doing you. You know what I mean? And But then it's scary because then I have these friends that are, like, 10 years older than me. And, and, and they're, like, you know, girls. And they're, like, yeah, I just want to be alone. And I'm all, like, fuck you don't want to fuck anymore? Like, and then I start freaking out. Like, are you, you know, I don't want to be one of those people, you know, but I am a sexual person. But I think when you, when you are a sexual person, sometimes you got to take a step back and just go, now, what is it that I really want? You know, I mean, what is it that I really want? I'm in a position now where I don't want to get married. And if you say that to a fucking guy, they don't hear you. They think you're trying to angle or trick them into marriage. And it's like, I have a good situation right now. I just want to get my fucking kids out of the house but I'd like to hang out with the same dude, but not it be some heavy fucking thing. But, you know, have you're some communication middle. skills. You're in the <laughs> you know fucking I mean? middle of a tough yeah. situation because you're a mom. And you said something the other day that was really weird when we were barbecuing. You go, you know what? It ended, and I'm kind of happy in a way. I only had him around here a couple of times. 
Oh, yeah, I would never do that to my you kids. You know, and it's like, this is the other thing that you and I, we could sit here because I'm not in your position, but it's like so weird because as a boy, you know, when my mom brought somebody over or even that I fucking thought, like for a long time my mom was getting massages for her arm and I would sit in the fucking room. I didn't like this guy. Yeah. I was eight. I didn't like yeah, this motherfucker, yeah. you know. So I always want you to realize what the other flip side is. There might be peace. Right now, just get these fucking kids growing up and get yeah, them through adolescence. Yeah. That's your main thing. If you go out and have a drink and you want to suck somebody's dick in a car, so be it. <laughs> suck but, somebody's <laughs> dick in a car? You know, I don't I mean, want to suck someone's dick in a car. Know, but, I listen, want to suck someone's dick at Shutters in Santa Monica yeah, on a, a you know 300-count sheets spread, with a fucking feather bed underneath it. Then it, I want to suck cock. Yeah, but if it covers the spread, if it scratches that itch... Just do what it takes. You're a fucking filthy animal freak. You and I both know that. You like to lick a ball from time to time. You like to get fucked heavy, people to tie you up and all. You know, you just got to pick your fucking battles. You know what's crazy, Felicia? I got to tell you something. You always break my balls about this. When I first met Terry, like, yeah, when you meet somebody and then you have sex, you get and, and you get a, yeah, you get caught up in the sex the first three months. And at one point, I got caught up in the sex with Terry, and I said, you know what? I don't want this. This is the weirdest thing that happened with Terry. And it all goes back to this. Today, something happened, or yesterday, something happened. And I go, this is pretty fucking strong, what I did. And I kept Terry at bay because I wanted to be her friend. I didn't want to confuse the sex with the... I swear to God, because all my other relationships, they were about fucking and sucking, and how quick can I fuck you? And, you know, when you're home, you got to fuck every day. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to slow this down and I'm going to get to meet her and fall in love with her for who she is and not fall in love with the pussy because a lot of times guys do that. And then once the pussy gets old, they realize they got nothing. They didn't know who the woman was. I got to be honest with you. This happens to fucking me. When I was really young, Felicia, I had this thing where I could name names off the bat of girls that I dated till I slept with. And I just lost interest. And I felt so shitty about that. Because it was like, that was it. I just wanted to get to conquer. And then as I got older, it was, let's fuck, let's fuck, let's fuck. Yeah, let's go to a movie, but we're going to fuck. We're going to go eat a cheeseburger, but we're going to fuck. Everything was accompanied to that fucking thing we did, that event. You know, there was an event. Even when I was 21, I was dating my friend. I would go to the movies with her, and all I'd be thinking about while I was watching Ghostbusters was eating her fucking pussy from behind. I couldn't wait to get home. When this girl used to talk <laughs> to me about a family and shit, I didn't give a fuck. I would look in her eyes and just dream of me stabbing her and sucking her ass and, and, and it was wrong because I never got to see what these chicks were about in a way you know and when I started dating Terry I'm like I'm cutting this sex shit and she was frustrated for a while what are you cheating on me and shit but I just wanted to try if I could just get to love her for who she was instead of get the pussy confused with everything else that was just my little experiment yeah. and I'm with her 12 years and like I said I'm going to that age where I snap and I'll see a 20 year old fall in love and tell Felicia to shove the podcast up her ass I'm getting a vet whatever you yeah, know those right, fucking right. guys and I pray every day that that's not me because I love her for who she is you know I love you for who you are you know what I'm saying I've as I got older I said you know what I'm gonna like people for what the fuck they are you know and it's and if I don't like them after I stop doing blow I go that's a big problem with me my relationship with people especially being in Hollywood sometimes you have to talk to people you're really not crazy about but they have a job for you or they might have a job in the future. When I stopped doing blow, I said, I'm throwing that character flaw away with me. Either I like you or I don't. I don't give a fuck if you're Steve Soderbergh. If I don't fucking like you, I hear that this guy from The Hangover, everybody hates him, Todd Phillips. You know, I mean, I'm not kissing nobody's ass. I've never really been a big ass kisser, but I just don't want people to get confused. But that was my thing. I wanted to really get to know people for what they were about. 
you know, that was just my experiment. So I am going to do uh, the dates I have committed to this weekend, and then I'm going to go off uh, uh, the internet dating, which I've been very successful And with. I want you to fill that with, gap with something uh, else, yeah. you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Maybe join a gymnastics class. Yeah, right. Sit on a fucking, <laughs> sit on a beam and spin maybe on a fucking beam. Maybe buy a vibrator. Beam. I'm not a vibrator so, girl, but maybe buy one. Well, if you spin on a fucking beam, like uh, Nadia Comaneci, you maybe your you, you clit will get a little numb. Maybe you'll land on the fucking bone and you'll numb it for a Dude, couple of weeks. Dude, have you ever landed on your fucking vagina bone? Bitch, I landed on my dick bone at the fuck after I got hit with the rock in Malibu and I got thrown into oh, the, the water. Oh, the fucking rock in Malibu. I came fucking home <laughs> and I was thinking of, you know when you have your iPod on and you're at the gym and you're thinking about something? So I went to, I do like a mix of machines and uh -huh. whatever. And I went to do the one, like a, uh, it's a bent over row, but on a machine. And I charged into it, forgetting about the beam oh. in the middle. Not only did I hit my cock on the beam, but when I sat, I sat on my fucking left nut. You have no fucking idea. Like, I just seen stars. And I couldn't go, ah, because I'm at the Y. Right. So it just went right through me. All my chakras just blew up. I blew little red bubbles in my eyes. Look at the red veins. Oh, yeah. When you hit your fucking cock unexpectedly, <laughs> it is terrible. And then to sit on a ball after that, I'll tell you what else I do from time to time that's fucked up. Sometimes you have to shit. So I go in a hotel and I run in, right? This is fucking crazy. I run into the hotel or I run home because I got a shit. And you just put your ass down, but you're really not positioned right. But your ass is so dry that when you get up to position yourself right, the ass seat toilet follows you and your nutsack goes on. Then you sit right on your nutsack. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever sat on one of your clits, cocksucker? No. I've sat on a nutsack through a fucking toilet seat. You know how much pain that is? I wish it was funny. I wish it was fucking funny. It is funny. Thank God that rock that hit your leg. By the way, that was you have a big fucking Oh my god, and injury. I fucking had to put ice Holy on. Holy shit, Joey, no. it got worse. I'm not kidding. And the fucking foot is black and blue from where the rock landed. It was a Jeez. rock on the foot. We went to Malibu last week, and they, they say, they're saying high waves. I went out there to see the surfers. I like to watch that dumb shit. So I'm sitting out there, a little stone. I'm watching the surfers. You know me. I got this energy. I got, I got to go for a walk. But I could hear the rocks hitting the rocks. And the, I mean, there was eight-foot waves. And when the rocks would land, they would hit other rocks. So I go, you know what? I'm going to go to the edge of the beach. There's no rocks on that side. So I took this long fucking like three-quarters of a mile walk. My wife's laying there. I'm, I'm getting hot. And I go, let me just put my feet in the beach. And I put my foot in the beach, and the water's freezing, and it's kind of breezy out because what happens in the valley and what happens at Malibu is two different, two different fucking stories. Just, yeah, and you're 20 minutes things. away, you're 30 minutes yeah, away. Yeah. It's two different stories. You could be at the beach in Malibu in the breeze, you hit that cold water hit you, and you come out, you might as well, you turn into a statue. Yeah. If that breeze, sometimes you got to bring in a little t shirt. I was walking with my titties out. You know me, I'm all a fucking fresca. You know me, I got to have them titties <laughs> out and shit, right? So, <laughs> So, I wish I could have seen you on the beach oh, with your titties it's out. It's so fucking great going. I'm going Sunday to the beach again, and I, and I walk over Felicia, and my foot, I, I couldn't see what I was stepping on. You know, there's water, so I just stepped. And you know how you go to get water and splash your face? Well, as I was picking up the water, bent over, this wave hits. And the wave had like, let's say, an eight-pound rock, but the end of the rock was heavy, and this was a spear. The spear went into my shin. Yeah, no, it's bad. The bottom yeah. of the rock hit the thing. So it, my toe and the two rocks hit. My foot was in the middle of two rocks. 
I can't tell you. I, I called you right away and I said, Felicia, my fucking, you're not going to believe it. And I was literally like, whatever, Joey. I fell back <laughs> and then the water hit me, which was cold. That freezes your bones and your nutsack. And I had a pee, which make it worse. I was really walking because I was trying to find a place to pee without peeing in the fucking ocean. Right. You know, you know, I'm a decent guy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the fucking water hits me. I fall backwards. And the, the ocean was like, don't pee on us, don't Joey. Don't pee on us. <laughs> my fucking pee just went out of my pants all over the ocean and I almost shit myself from the pain in my foot. I couldn't control it. Thing. I was just trying to breathe, to breathe into the fucking foot. But hey, who gives a fuck about a beach injury? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty I uh, feel bad for you. Once I saw it, I was kind of making fun of you, and then I saw no, it. And I was like, no, holy I'm shit! Just... But you know, I was in uh, Greece uh, and uh, for Wendy's wedding when she had gotten married quite a few years ago, and uh, and I was going to photograph her wedding, and I was on this little scooter on some island, and I was wearing a cute little dress, and my camera pack was in the back of the Vespa that I was driving, and I was like, ah, it's like I'm in a Fellini movie, right? And as soon as I say that, think that to myself, this old man walks right in front of me. I fucking mow him down, right? And then the, the uh, uh, Vespa slides, and I head on the skirt, and I get like gravel, and it goes, my ankle goes on it, the bad ankle that I broke when I was a kid, and that's why my, little, my one foot is a little bit smaller. And, and the old man like cursed me and got, off, got up and like, you know, cleaned himself off and went away. And I, and I was all like, you know, my shoes were broken, it was all bloody, and I had to go for because we were still on vacation for two more weeks, and every fucking time I stood up, that leg was like on fire, you know? It's, fire. And, and it was like one of those things where it was just a, like a simple sprain, but I had like gravel in bed. I still have scars on it. But man, I, that was just, the, that's just worse when you have a leg injury because you can't get around. When I was sitting here eating with you the other night, it felt like somebody hit me with a hammer and it was just throbbing. But yeah, my foot wasn't like that. Yeah. My foot didn't hurt. It was this. Oh, and I yeah. was definitely like, maybe I should go to the hospital because it shouldn't. Maybe I broke the tip of the bone. Maybe I chipped uh -huh. the bone. You don't fucking know. You know, you won't know till one day you're walking with a limp and you go, Doc, what happened? You broke your foot eight years ago, you dumb fuck. You should have came in. And you don't know. Yeah, you know, you don't so. know. It's like when my appendix, that whole thing happened. I was walking around with a bad situation you because don't fucking know. it didn't, you know, you just never know. I don't know. I just thought, well, I feel kind of fevery. Cut to, you know, it's exploded and it has to come out with some other stuff. Fuck that shit. So when we got here, because oh, there's two subjects. When I got here today, you asked me about the one-man show yes, I did last night, like the Ice hear. House stage two. It was great. You know, I didn't really have, I had the material down, but I, we didn't really have the plot down. Like, this is fucked up. Like, we had ideas, and yesterday, when I went to the Y, was I was hitting the bag, because I wanted it to start off great, but to have a twist. And we had it, which it was great, but there was no twist. Really? People just sail off into the sunset? I never liked that. And I was, somebody said to me the other day that they went to see a movie and the hero got shot. And it was, for, oh, Scorsese, he won an Oscar because it was the first time ever a hero got shot in the movie, uh, The Departed, when Jack Nicholson got shot. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I should get shot in this, but I didn't get shot. But it's, and it's so weird, like, you're trying to write stuff about your life. And about a month ago, I was in the Rogan podcast, and Felicia, I just mentioned it. I mentioned about getting divorced and what it's like to pick up your child and have another man's cologne on and, you, you know what the pain was and all of a sudden I started getting like an email every three days this is a month ago and every fucking three days I got an email from a guy that this situation's happened to that he was married and 
you know, sometimes guys aren't well off and you need an attorney and all that shit gets involved and they lost their kid. They haven't seen their kid. There's a kid who sent me a YouTube thing that says he can't post his picture up on the YouTube because his wife and him, I mean, it, this, this is very common. And the truth of the matter is when I first got into comedy, I had so much pain from that situation that my goal was to get successful enough to spread this, to talk to people about this. To, there's a lot of people out there that get considered deadbeat dads or whatever because there's a lot of twists in the story. Yeah, there's a lot of bad fucking people out there. But there's a lot of guys that, you know, things happen. And this last weekend when I was writing this with this girl, we, we had all the topical stuff. The point of the story was that I walked away from my daughter because I was protecting her from me, you know, all this shit. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's like kind of fucking cliche-ish. So we went out to lunch, and I started laying down what happened throughout the divorce. And looking at my wife, you know, my wife is sweet, poly, purebred. I always judge things by my wife because she's as nice and sweet as can be, you know. And I was, I was telling the story to these people, but I was watching her, and I could see her mouth. And I'm like, I knew that there was something else here. And, and it's against my personality because basically, I don't want to say this because I'm not a whiner, but they kind of bullied me out. They bullied me out with the law. But I couldn't adjust to the law, so I went after him how I knew. And I never told you the story. In the middle of my separation from my wife, Felicia, did I ever tell you I got attacked, that they sent people to beat me up? Oh, no. You know, and it's so weird because I had a condo. All right, let, let, to, to tell you this, I'm just going to tell you this. I, I, I was at the halfway house. And one day, I knew that one of the counselors from the halfway house lived down the corner from me. His name was Adam. He was a Jewish kid from Long Island. Very nice to me. He was a counselor. He would throw you back in prison, but he was very fair with me. And one day I'm walking my dog, and I see one of the other counselors coming out of his place abroad. And I knew from the rules that two counselors cannot have contact with each right. other. And here they're fucking. And I walk up to them. I'm like, good morning. And they're like, uh, Joey, how are you? Uh, we just came over to get papers. And I'm like, okay. And that afternoon, I get to the halfway house. And sure enough, there's a note come up in Seattle. And I go to Seattle. It's like, dog, what you seeing this morning? I go, Adam, how fucking you think I'm a crime stopper? I'm not a crime stopper. I go, but you know, you got to take care of me. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I ain't a crime stopper. But, you know, you got to give me a little slack. I understand. You got to put me but back. But I am for, in a halfway house. Yeah, but I am in a halfway house. So about a month later, we had become friends. He, he became a fan. Like, I didn't do comedy. But he became a fan. I could tell he was proud of what I was trying. And he came to me. He goes, you like that place, those buildings over? And I go, yeah. He goes, dog, my father bought me that. And I want to move him with this broad. The pussy's really fucking good. I mean, he didn't tell me like that, but I knew. Yeah, He's like, I want to yeah. move him with this broad. She was like 10 years younger than him. He goes, I want to sell it. But I don't want to go through the bullshit. I know you just came out of prison. How's your credit? I mean, that's how cool he was. Right. And I go, my credit's okay. I just got a school loan. And I got all these credit cards. He goes, let's do the paperwork. He goes, I'll give it to you for like, I don't know what it was, 8000 down and like 1800 a month. I'm like, done. It was gorgeous. In the heart of Boulder, you pull up. I had a, a, a beautiful bedroom, a, a living room that went down into a thing. In the back room was a sunroom that you used as an office and it has this thing to cool it off. So in the summer you could put plants in there and in the winter time you could just sit there and get sun and smoke dope. It was my little office. Then I had the upstairs, I had a loft, a baby's room and my bathroom with a bathroom and whatever. And one day she comes up to me after we get separated, she goes, listen, we're gonna get divorced. So while we were together, we acquired this debt. Let's sell this condo. I'm like, let's what? This got nothing to do with you. I got this condo when I was fucking single. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't even start that shit. I've been living on people's fucking floors for the last 10 years. And now you want to show up with this condo shit. But at the time, the real estate market was still going. I go, fuck it. I just take my profits and go buy something else. So she goes, my father wants to for you to sell the condo. He has a realtor friend. And we'll pay off the credit cards. And then we'll split the rest. I go, no problem. Well, the profit was like 60000 this condo. You know what I got? 6000 And I'm like, how the fuck? And then I found out that she took thirty. And took all the credit card bills out of my side. So all I got after taxes was six fucking thousand dollars. And I called her up and I tried to get my money. She's like, listen, Joe, whatever. I'm going to move and the baby. I said, fuck it. Take it for the baby then. I figured I was doing the right thing. Right. Okay. Then she, I, I asked her about the child support. She goes, don't worry about it. Just pay for the daycare and take the, buy the kid clothes. And da, da, da. She was still living at a, a father's house. Well, a year later when we go to court... You know, I'm in trouble now. I owe fucking uh, 11 months at 355, and I'm in the thing. But that wasn't the point of it. This this continued to go, and I was very docile. Like, I was like, you know what? I just want to see my daughter. That's all I want to do. So one day I took her to see Jurassic Park, and the boyfriend came at me. When he came out, and he goes, hey, listen, me and Kathy spoke, and you shouldn't be taking her to go see those movies. And at this point, I said, you know what, bro? Not for nothing. Who the fuck are you? What's this we? This is weed. You got a mouse in your pocket, bitch? I go, if my wife has to say something about the baby, let her say it. You got nothing to say to me. And he goes, well, what are you, tough guy? So I spit in his fucking face, right? I just spit in his fucking face. Like, listen, don't even go there. You don't want to go into this. By this time, they were fucking with me a little bit too much. I mean, there's more to the story. I'm just trying to condense it to you. So one night, about a month after this happens, I go home. I was working for a sports betting service, and I had a balcony at the time. I sold the condo, and I was living with a friend of mine. I had a balcony, and I let my dog out. And you know Colorado. You let your dogs out. You leave your doors open. Yeah, you can yeah. put your wallet on the fucking porch. Leave it there overnight. And somebody will knock on your door and go, hi. You know how bold yeah, it is. Yeah. So I hear the dog squelch. Ew. It's like Fonzie stepped on something. You know, and you're like, hold on. I heard something. I go outside. I don't see Hercules. So I figured that a possum got him or a porcupine. This boulder. Yeah. This is the bottom of the foothill. So I go, fuck it, let me run down. So my garage is open. I run down. Felicia, as I'm running down, he runs from the side of the house. So I go to get him. The dog. The dog. And all of a sudden I hear, like, like, and I turn around. And by this time, I, I don't see anything except a white, it's dark. And I see a stick in the guy's hand. And I hear another guy going, get him, get him. And all of a sudden, he goes, and I block up, but he hits me in the rib. And they fucking just, I heard the, and I just, my wind went out of me and shit. But when he hit my rib, I'm a big guy. He dropped the handle on his stick, and it fell. So I went to get him a little bit, and he tripped or whatever, and he falls, and then he gets up and runs. But I turn around, and they had a weight, uh, uh, they had a uh, driver, uh-huh. like a, getaway weight, driver. a getaway driver waiting. Now, he sees that it ain't going well. What happened was I turn around, and the guy doesn't know where to jump on me. And I just had jumped straight. And I'm, at this time, I'm not 300 pounds. I'm 225. I had a punching bag. I'm lifting. So they picked the wrong fucking guy. Plus, it was the tail end of the craziness. Yeah. It was the tail end of the craziness. So when I got out of the halfway house, I got a job at this car wash. And this car wash in Boulder is central headquarters to Boulder. The cops go there. Undercover cops go there. Everybody goes there. The mayor goes there. They get his car wash. So I start meeting people. And I befriend this cop, this big cowboy country motherfucker that his name was Durfee you know six foot four 320 the belt didn't even fit the police belt but he didn't give a fuck he's a cowboy he fell in love with me Felicia and I told him about my journey and what had happened and he's like dog you ever have a problem with people you call me I got plenty of ammunition at the house I only got two more years on the force 
So I, I'm not even thinking about this stuff. Now this guy's in front of me, and I chase him, and I tackle him down like Chael Sonnen grabs Anderson Silva. I mean, it was perfect. I just took him, and he lands on his back. So I got this motherfucker now. I'm angry at this time. They're fucking with my daughter. I'm broke. Uh, yeah. I'm getting into comedy. I'm going to take I've every- seen that anger. I'm gonna- no, 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 no. This was a different angle. I'm going to take everything out that bad that's happened to my life on this motherfucker. Oh, no. So I start kicking his kidneys. Bam! Bam! Oh. Bam! Bam! Over and over. Bam! And I'm like, who sent you, you motherfucker? And by this time, a getaway driver doesn't know whether he's going to get out of the car. This is why I don't show up with getaway drivers. They sent the fucking B team. <laughs> they sent the fucking B team, bitch. I won't blow a getaway driver. No, they like, sent the fucking B team, right? So I'm kicking this guy. And I'm like, who the fuck sent you? Why are you? Because oh, I thought it was the kidnapping dudes. Uh -huh. The dude I kidnapped. Oh, okay. I thought it was one of his friends. I'm like, who the fuck sent you, motherfucker? So I know this guy's still looming. So I leave this guy on the floor and start chasing the other guy, like running to see if I see him. But it's, it's uh, I forget the name of the streets, what, it was 20 years ago, and he's gone. So I go back and this guy's still on the floor. Oh, and I go, dog, it's your fucking worst night, man. I took his wallet out. First of all, once he showed up with a wallet to do a hit, ah, it's amateur. Oh, is that hour. the first rule? That, yeah, you I don't show up with nothing. Wallet. If I have a piece, I got a string around that piece around my hand so the gun don't fall out. I got everything prepared so you don't know what's... So you put a string around the Fuck gun? yeah, I put a string. If I show up to your house with a fucking bat, I'll put a string around that bat around my hand so that bat don't fall and I leave fingerprints. I won't leave no wall on. I have my head tied up. I have a baseball hat over that motherfucker. I'll have tape on my hands. Plus, I'll have the fucking thing. And all this clothes has to go. If I'm going to go hunt somebody down, that clothing has to go because I'm going to be going through weeds, bushes, the whole fucking deal. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I was a savage. I knew all that. I became friends with a guy in Colorado that would hunt people for a living. And now, are these rules that you just came up with yourself, or is these were these general would rules? Would you show up to beat somebody up? And if, they, if, if I knew my wife was over at a guy's house, would I show up to beat him up with a wallet in my pocket? No, I'm just, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is, that are, the, are, are these rules that you kind of made up yourself, or when you no, were hanging out No, these are things you other, pick up. These are okay. things you pick right. up. Though you gotta be, you know, you're not yeah. gonna show up with your wallet and a pair of sunglasses. If I go hit you and the sunglasses fall, my fingerprints are on them. Okay. So you gotta show up with the least amount of shit on your body, but now they got the hair. They got everything. Yeah. This is if I'm going to go ice you. The good old days. I, yeah, I wasn't going to go ice nobody. This, this motherfucker, I rip out his wallet and it says, Idaho. And I look at him and I go, so John sent you. <laughs> John sent you, didn't you? My baby's fucking stepdad, the guy. That's what's going on here. So I go, you know what? It's all over for you. And I start, now I go to the front of him and start kicking his stomach and his fucking mouth. I start to put my foot in his fucking mouth with my sneaker. Ta -ta -ta -ta! And I'm hearing the... Ta -ta -ta -ta! You did what? You put the foot... Oh, fuck yeah. You know I'm out of my fucking mind. I just... This was... Dog, they were fucking with my little kid. Yeah. You know, listen. They were fucking with me in a court sense. But once they did that, they came into my world. Yeah. And this is what they had no I'm idea. I'm surprised they did that. This that is just what opens he, a can of worms. It like, was I mean, the worst is, thing, of, and it's is, my wife. It was my ex-wife. Who? That's when I used to hang out with the Miami Vice strap. When I used to have the holster and I had the gun yeah. here with the 16 bullets in here. That's how crazy I was. I'm like, my ex-wife. So I didn't know if my ex-wife had done it or John done it. I'm like, who sent you? If you don't say John, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I go, you know what? We're gonna figure this out. So I went upstairs. I said, I'm on probation. Let me go call the cops. So before, You're on probation you have someone's foot. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm on probation for the kidnapping. I was on yeah. three-year probation. I go upstairs and I call Durfee. This motherfucker shows up with a truck, with a cowboy hat and a shotgun. He's like, what happened? I go, listen, bro, I don't know what to do. I called you. These three guys tried to jump me. He goes, he looks at me, he goes, what the fuck you want me to do? Keep doing what you were doing, baby. <laughs> 
keep doing it. I started kicking, 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 kicking. We took Durfee's car, we put a fucking like a wrapper in the back and drove this motherfucker to the hospital and threw him out in front of the fucking hospital. I never heard nothing after that. Nothing. I must have kicked this guy a thousand times. Now my plan was how I was gonna execute it on my the people who fucking did it to me. So now they were gonna show up at ten o'clock to drop my daughter off and they Oh, look at Felicia, she's huffing and puffing. You know me, Felicia. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the shit I this is no, this is I, the good old yeah. days. I that's at 10 a scary thought, at Joey. Nine in the morning I get dressed, I got cologne on, I'm on my Sunday best. They pull up and I can see they're very apprehensive because John never heard back from the guy. Remember that call on Scarface? Uh -huh. We fucked up, he got away. They never called John back. So when they pulled up, they didn't know what they were walking into. You know me. Hey. <laughs> hey. How you doing? What's happening? Come here, my little princess. I kiss her. I wave like I'm a Republican. I throw kisses at the truck. I could see them backing out. And they're like, oh, my <laughs> God. Oh. And at 7 o'clock, they come back. The sun's still out. I got my little princess. I bought her a little toy. I pull up with them up to the car and I go, hum, give me a kiss. I go, oh, by the way, the B team showed up last night. I know what you guys did. And I ripped up my shirt. By this time, it was purple and black. I had like an ace bandage uh -huh. around. Because when you have a broken rib, you don't go to the doctor. They just try to $900 to tell you, rest and don't fart. You know? <laughs> rest and don't fart. Because you have a broken rib, don't giggle. Really? I figured that out myself when I took the first shit. You don't even want to shit when you have a broken rib. You got to push. Oh, really? I've never had oh, a Oh, really. fuck. A floating rib they break under the... Oh, my fucking God. For two weeks, you got to... And twice I got my ribs broken. And I just fucking told them. And the look on their face, Felicia, was priceless, you know? And it's weird that after that, I went into a different realm in my life. I was like, you know what? And, and like I was telling you the other day, Felicia, I remember this vividly. You have to. If you're a comic or you have a dream, you know... Whether you want to be a lawyer, you see yourself defending somebody. You know, when I, when I was in open mic, I used to bring home just for laughs and circle the clubs, you know. And, and Felicia, I would close my eyes and I kind of cry. I would cry because I wanted this so fucking bad. I, this was going to save me. I didn't want to be a star, but this was going to help me from stop doing being criminal. And I would see myself, and I remember I would see myself in Seattle, and I would see myself at the last stop, and it was amazing. I got into such a deep war with these people. That at one time I wanted to kill him, and I would see my, I would, I wouldn't even see myself stabbing him. I just kept seeing memories of them on the floor holding onto their throats, asking for their lives, and I kept seeing this vision, and I kept seeing it, and it was just like, it was like being in Deer Hunter. It was like a fucking nightmare. And one day I just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna leave." You know, I, I'm gonna kill these people. And, I, and then I, 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 I reasoned with myself. I said, ah, "I won't kill them both. I'll kill him." And I mean, Felicia, I had the tunnel. Because in Colorado, that's the best place if you're going to kill somebody. You don't even have to kill them. Just stab them a little bit, rub some peanut butter on them, a little honey on their hand, tie them to a tree up in the woods. Let the fucking bears and the lions do the rest. <laughs> At least when they come get you. I didn't kill them. I just right. stabbed them. <laughs> I just stabbed them and left them there. You know, look at the DNA. You found a tooth and an elbow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you leave somebody in Colorado, they don't find nothing. Yeah, yeah. And Felicia, I can't. I'm sitting here across from you telling you this is like my dream. To ice them. I was going to go to prison. And I was going to get my friends chip in and get me a fax machine. I was going to write jokes with Jay Leno. Mm -hmm. Can you fucking think of how disgusting my mind must have been? This is what these people were doing to me, you know, in a way. Like, they were just getting inside my craw because, you know, I'm an immigrant, Felicia, no matter how you cut it. And I, and I hate to differentiate this. When I came to this country, you always have a, a, a slight insecurity because Americans are the best. 
They're the fucking best. I don't care what anybody says. Americans are supposed to be the best. The rest of the country looks at America for, for fucking everything. So I always, you know, when I got married to her and stuff, I was really proud. Her parents like were in the service. He was a lieutenant colonel. And it was so weird that these people had everything going for them. But at the meantime, they were doing so many little dumb things that it let me down in society in a way. Because the shit that they were doing is what spicks and, and minorities and all these people that are bad people are supposed to do. And I wasn't doing that, you know what I'm saying? They were doing all that shit. And I was looking at these people like they were supposed to be the leaders, like I'm learning from them. The whole time I was married to her, I always felt insecure to her and her family. They were very intelligent, they were college educated, but what they didn't have was fucking character. You ever just looking for a reason to do something? Oh, yeah. Like just a reason. Oh, yeah. Like you go on a date and a guy farts and you're like, I can't take farts. Never again. My uncle died farting. I'm yeah. out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but really, you're just looking yeah, for an excuse. Yeah, no, it wasn't true. that he called me Spick or my daughter. It was that this is the only chance I'm going to get a free one at you. Yeah. Until this day, I feel bad and stab in the neck. I punched him twice in the fucking head and they got thrown out because he called me uh, Spick in the city limits of Boulder and you can't call somebody a derogatory comment. You a have racial one, slur. A yeah. racial slur. But that's what the one-man show is about. But it's so weird that when you're writing something, I went through all those feelings this last week, and I remembered all those little things. And I, you know, I talk about robbing people and about fucking going to prison and my parents dying. I tell you, nothing was as hard as the pain I had from that divorce. But it drove me. It drove me to be here because I thought about when they seen that I was on Spider-Man 3. I mean, when I left Colorado, they wrote me off for dead. They said, the sides are against us. The odds are against us. He's going to get in trouble. He'll get hooked on coke, and then he'll go back to jail. He'll die, and we they'll never know anything about us. Jackie right. will never know. But you know what? In this game, because there was a daughter involved, there's really no winners or losers. You follow me? But I knew that I believed in myself so much that I won. You know, I won because I'm still fucking here. They, they wrote me off. They're still, let me tell you something. They still have to sleep at night with their alarm on. Yeah. Do you understand me? Every night they put their alarm on. Trust what I'm telling you. I knew who installed it. You follow me? You know me. I knew yeah, who built yeah, those houses. Yeah. They put their alarm on every night. I don't have no alarm in my house. I'm not scared of nothing. So I got to them, you know, and I'm just going to let it sit there. And I don't care if I don't talk to my daughter because I haven't talked to them so long. It really doesn't matter. It's not going to change my life. That's not what this is about, Felicia. I'm sorry. To, I just no, want to no, tell I you that story about. I was to your story, and, and uh, uh, you know, it always. Uh, uh, makes me totally understand where you're coming from when you say you wanted to do comedy so much because you knew it was going to save you. Because I had the same Same feeling. dream. It's you such know, a like dream. When I was 19 years old and I was stripping and I worked in downtown L.A. at a dance place where you had to like dance with foreigners for, you know, a couple bucks. It was pretty shitty. It was really fucking shitty. Then I was at the airport and, and I came to L.A. because I knew comedy was going to save me. And... Uh, and whenever you talk about that, it really almost makes me tear up. Oh, I was tearing up when I closed the, my eyes. For the listeners out there, it's like, for us it was comedy, but for you it could be anything. Just anything, anything, whatever. That, that fucking gets you out of your bullshit, you know? It's, it's so important to really throw a caution to the wind sometimes and really go for a dream because your dream can save you. You're here still, I'm here still, and uh, that's all that matters. So what you mean to tell me is you did all this and you still haven't washed your monkey? My monkey is 
sweet. So it's, it's kicking from last night or it's kicking yeah. from this morning. From it's the, just kicking. From the eucalyptus machine. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> it's just kicking. I was telling you yesterday that uh, uh, I, my, my, my clit has been so beat up, it's like got cauliflower ear on it. <laughs> oh, <Jesus laughs> Not really, but I thought but that was a funny joke. It's always very nice when they go to the gym and afterward you give them a stab and they have that certain patois on the monkey, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not bad, you know, it's, it's the smell of the, what, you know, you eat fucking uh, pizza, it's going to have a wang to it. You eat pussy, it's going to have a wang to it. I object to, to the word wang. <laughs> what are you going to do? In general, I object to that. So, uh, last night was, uh, I went to my kid's school <coughs> because it was uh, back to school night and you go to the class and they tell you what's to expect for your kid in that year. And uh, so, it's really funny when you're a divorced single mom and uh and most of the other parents are not except for one or two other moms and uh one of the moms she's going uh she's like about to sign her uh, a divorce settlement agreement you know like she's like two weeks away from it so she's been a little bit angry you know what i mean and uh so she comes in she's a little bit late and her ex has soon to be ex-husband is sitting there with a the new woman in his life and the teacher, you know, because she's meeting everyone, and everyone has to go around the room and say who they are. And the the guy goes, "I'm so and so's father, and this is uh, this is their stepmother." And uh, and he goes, "Well, going to be." And uh, and then the the uh, the old wife says, uh, "Well, how can she be a stepmother if she's not even divorced yet herself, right?" And the whole class was like, "Oh, you know what I mean, like." And we all were looking at each other, and I'm sitting next to this one mom who's totally cool, Ninia, and uh, and we bust out laughing like, oh no, it's shit, hard, it's hard, yeah. oh shit. And then it was so uncomfortable, and it goes to a couple more parents, and then it comes to this uh, this dad, this one dad, and he goes, I'm so and so, and. Uh, I would like to say that uh, Frank is also my son. You know what I mean? Like he made a joke about it and everyone laughed. It was so funny. And I was just telling the guy afterwards, I'm like, that was so funny, dude. I could never do that. Like in, in a real life situation, I should never make the crack because it never plays out right. It's always awkward silence. And he did it so funny and it was really the lifesaver. Anyway, that's my story. Tremendous. Yes. I thought you were going to tell me about how the guy got up and threw a fucking dish because that's what, if she's angry, it's no, amazing when you put those people together in the beginning in a room. And guys that show up with the fucking new girl. Yeah, don't show up with the new girl. Are the biggest fucking yeah, assholes you know what? in the Here, world. Seriously, you know? if mean, anybody just, is listening, oh. I'm just going to throw down my sword. If you're a man and you're getting rid of one woman and maybe she deserves to, got, to be gotten rid of and you're with a new woman, never bring the new woman to your kid's school. Until just the divorce do settlement is fine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's signed. Why fucking throw salt on the wound? And you know what? Give a girl a warning. And then, and then, then after that, the cards fall where the cards fall. You yeah, know what I mean? Have a little decency. Yeah. I went over to the Haha ha Cafe, and uh, this is young comedian there named Vinny O'Shana. Let me tell you what the Haha ha Cafe is becoming. Because I went home last night, and I'm like, huh? The Haha ha Cafe is a comedy club in North Hollywood that's been there for 25 years. Are you serious? It's been there. That place was a restaurant before. Across the street from there is the famous costume place where Elvis would buy his costumes. So he would go in there, get fitted, and then cross the street to what the ha-ha was. Uh -huh. And he, they would put him in the back room, and he would have a waffle room in the back. Can you say costume? Costume. And that's where he would, <laughs> that's where he would put his waffle. You know, he would eat his waffles, and he got fat over those years. Uh -huh. But I think after they sold that, Jack bought it. 
and Jack is Armenian and his wife is Mexican and they have this comedy club and now they're divorced but they both run the club together and they don't talk so their schedules are adjacent to each other so one works Thursday, Friday, Saturday and the other one works Sunday through Wednesday Wow! and they have wow. the kids working there and you yeah. can see that the one kid looks Mexican the other one looks Armenian and I'm going to tell you you know what I always wondered when I went down there it's like, a well, fucking I trip I couldn't you know how when you go into a business you can't you try you to can't figure, figure out, out. Like, who's the, figure and out the I dynamics. can never figure it out okay the bartender the black chick stabbed somebody a couple fucking years ago the boyfriend the, the other one like is a rave dancer you know, and then you get the characters that hang out there. It's not a top-notch, ten-star comedy club, but for me, it's three minutes from my house, and I don't have to go over the hill. And comedy is comedy. You know, at first you want to come here and perform at the store, and then after the glamour goes away, all you want is five people to try your new fucking joke, right. and you want the easiest path of resistance. So I've been going there for the last eighteen months, and at first, for me, I got to be honest with you, it was kind of a shame place for me. It was like I'm at the bottom of the fucking comedy really? spectrum. Yeah, I really felt like that. And I tried to get out of there. And then I came to my senses. I go, I'm a fucking comedian. A comedian, I learned to do comedy in a room like that. Who the fuck am I to judge a room like that? And I really committed to it. And that's why I worked out for the Gabriel thing. Nobody knew my material. I would just go in there every night. She'd put me up last. And I didn't care. But I became friends with the owner and his son. and Well, the sons. And there's a, a guy who works there, Rico. And, and there's this one comedian. His name is Vinny O'Shauna. And I'll tell you what, he's uh, 24, maybe 25, maybe 26. You know, he's a young guy. And I could tell when he's there by the time when I pull up because he was always yelling and screaming. There's always black people. There's always like really weird, different kinds of characters. And this is what this guy brings. Mm -hmm. and, his character, and his comedy is very different. And he likes to party and he's crazy. He fucks bitches, you know, the whole fucking thing. Right, right. You know, the whole thing. He'll drive to Vegas and he's just, you know, and you look at that and you admire it in a way. <laughs> but I'm, I look at that place last night. Last night I go up there and let's say there's, there's 20 comics. So it was me, Greg Wilson, and somebody. But let's say there was 10 comics hanging around. Three of them were doing powder. Now, I know this yet. Yeah, like I see their jaws, and they're smoking one cigarette after the other. And I'm looking at this place, and I'm like, you know what? I went to the improv last week twice in one week, and that's a fucking dud. And, I, you know, if you go to the comedy store, it's this new generation. And if you go to the Laugh Factory, and again, I don't condone nothing bad, but I want a place with character. When you walked into the store, when you first walked in there when you were 19, oh, shit. it yeah. just had so much character. Oh, yeah. And you could never even... Come, you could sit oh, here for yeah. hours. Oh, yeah. And, and I walk in, when I walked to the, when I first got to the comedy store, it was the tail end of that. And there were the, the door guys still sold blow, they sold weed. Oh, yeah. This guy had pills. When, when I, I first, came in, yeah, it was fucking crazy. When I first got to the store, yeah. there was a kid who OD'd crazy. in the back on heroin. He yeah. moved away. I, I still remember what his name was. Yeah, that's how the tail end. So I'm looking at these kids drawn last night. So I'm sitting with Vinnie Ochan, and I'm like, wow, I remember those days. When I used to jaw like that, and he asked me, he goes, when was the first time you did blow? And I go, you know, it was a month before my mother died that I did it, and then I tried it again after she died, and then I tried it again, and you know, it, it, whatever. But the funny thing was that when they buried my mother, it's a Cuban funeral. So a Cuban funeral is they watch you for seven days. Open casket, 24 hours. Seven days? Yeah, like that's the old school. Seven fucking really? days. They put you out on a thing. And people come and go 24 hours. They bring booze. They can bring food. But I was sitting at my mother's funeral, and my mother partied. You know, she smoked pot. She drank. So a lot of people brought her bottles of pinch. She used to drink pinch. And uh, what is pinch that? was an old scotch. 
Old school. They don't even make it no more. The bottle alone would cost a hundred dollars. Yeah. It was old octagon, whatever. I don't even know the, the, the what to call it. Pinch was this old whiskey, and uh, my mom used to drink Pinch and Johnny Walker. So people were bringing uh, do not doers and uh, what's the other one? She would drink uh, Shivas. Uh-huh. So people were bringing a Shivas Regal and and you know stuff. And then the Coke dealers came and they started putting little packages in there. And people would put joints in there. And I'd see them kneel down and they'd kiss her. And then they'd slip something on the side of her dress or something. And I would go and check every fucking couple of hours, and the shit was packing up. Like there was, I could see it. People were putting money in the casket. I mean, Cubans are crazy. Latins are crazy when it comes to that. Especially the lifestyle she had and the people she hung around with. They were very superstitious. And money, here's 500 so you can bet a horse when you get to heaven. It was kind of touching. But that turn, you know, they buried her and stuff like that. And this is fucking crazy. That New Year's, it, you know, when a person dies, like Terry, my, my wife's grandpa died on Monday. But she was in the shower Thursday crying. And I told her, I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't really hit you. And it hits you in levels. It hit, death hits you uh-huh. with people in levels. Yeah. She could be dead in the fucking ground seven years. And all of a sudden, one day, you just get an attack. Something just triggers tears, you know. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I was a little boy. You know, I was 15, whatever. And, and that New Year's, I got really fucked up. And I, that's the last time I drank Jack Daniels. I got fucking lit. I drank a bottle of Jack Daniels, and I jumped the cemetery fence which I would never do. And I jumped it with this kid, Dominic Special, and Carlos Perez, and we were in there pouring the fucking thing. And I remember that we ran out of Coke, and at one point in the back of my head, I'm like, what if I dug this motherfucker up? Like, what if, how crazy is that? That's what cocaine does to yeah. you. Like, at that young age, like I, wow. like, I was like, what if I dug her up? And, like, the next morning I woke up, and I was like, I'll never tell that to nobody. Right. Like, last night I was watching an episode of Louis, and Louis says in the beginning, he goes, you ever do something? That you're like, whoa! I'll never tell nobody about <laughs> yeah. that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and I forgot all about that. So yeah. I get in the car last night and I'm driving. And I'm like, what have I done that I don't want anything to nobody to know? I mean, right. pretty much at the podcast, I've said everything. You know? Oh, I know, I've said you know, totally everything. everything. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but you know, you think I'm on the blogs and I talk and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I know what I never tell nobody that that night at four in the morning. In my veil of tears, while I was crying there over the pain over my mother, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I dug this bitch up, would the coke still be good? And I kept thinking, you know, we got a casket. I think they said they waterproofed it. Like, they had the inside lining. Uh-huh. Like, this is what was going through my head that night. Like, how much coke would she have? And I didn't have a shovel or nothing. You right. know what I'm saying? I mean, I wasn't that crazy. Yeah. But just to let you know how fucking crazy drugs and situations make you. Wow. I can't believe Louis C.K. said, did you ever do something that you never wanted this? I'll never tell nobody about this. I'm serious. I got in the car, and that's the first thought that came to my mind. And as I was telling Vinny O'Shaughnell last night, I'm like, Vinny, I never told you. I didn't even say that. It just started coming out. I go, so here I am partying, me and my buddies, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe we should dig the bitch yeah, up. She's yeah. got to have an ounce in there, yeah. at least an ounce of blow. She died in November. It's New Year's. That was six weeks ago, even if half of it got oh, wet. Oh, my God. Oh, Joey. my God. Yeah. You know? And I remember fucking going, this is it. This is yeah. This is the end, the beginning of the end. This is where this shit has taken me. <laughs> Sometimes you have those moments in your oh life and you're like, God. what? You know, and you wake <laughs> up. And the next one I woke up out of my Jack Daniel, and I never drank Jack again because I thought in the back of my mind that Jack took me there. Yeah. Like, till this day, in the back of oh, my I mind, believe that. I Jack that. took me no, to almost digging up my mother and taking yeah, the coke yeah, out of her no, fucking yeah, casket. Yeah, what no. kind of fucking animal would I... I would never halfway. I think I'd fall apart. But just to put the thought in there, so till this day, like, at this point in my life, I'll smell it from 
time to time and I can smell oh, the devil yeah, in that. Yeah. Get this motherfucker away from me. Yeah, I totally hear you. I can't do tequila. I really? Yeah, You're crazy. no, it's not good. Tequila in me is not good. I can do it a little bit if it's like in a really sweet, like thick mango margarita. What happens but that's to you? It. What do you feel? I just get uh I get a little hopped up. We no. were talking about this the other day, and some people gmailed me right again at Beauty of the Beast, which I love, on the Rogan podcast. We got into the conversation about tequila and booze, and I've always said it, that when I used to do booze and blow, that's one trip, but when I used to drink tequila and blow, like good tequila, like, you know, a good bottle, 50 bucks, 40 bucks, you're drinking it straight at 6 in the morning, and you're getting, it takes you to a different place. You feel different the next place. And a lot of people hit me up that it's a stimulant. It's not an alcohol. Oh, so really? I think that's what it is or something. I ate the worm one time. That was fucking crazy. You did? Behind the high school one that I ate a worm with fucking and Louis Janu. I was pretty fucked up. I passed out. I puked on myself. So it didn't really, maybe the worm made me puke. I don't uh, know. Yeah. That was the beginning <clears throat> of the end. Well, I got to tell you, uh, uh, last Wednesday, I got accidentally, you know, apparently tuna tartare appetizers do not soak up alcohol. No, <laughs> alcohol. No, no, no. You know what I mean? It's raw Which fucking food, I you know. I that's all I had to do, you know. No, you got to eat sometimes. It's, it's amazing how people say, well, I drank three drinks and I didn't have anything in my stomach. Oh, it makes a complete What difference. the fuck yeah. were you thinking? You got to put something in your stomach. You know, yesterday we were talking about the, uh, the, we were talking about being a hitman and how those people showed up at my house with right. the fucking wallet and, and stuff like that. And you were like, how did you, where did you pick that up? Is that just usually general? And I left here as usual and we think about stuff, which is good that we do two days. And it's funny because the first person that ever told me to be slick was, he was my babysitter. I had this couple that used to babysit <laughs> me when I was like four or five. And my mother would have the bar and he was a burglar. And he taught me how to make keys with the files. Oh, really? He would teach me. And then after that, we'd eat cookies and we'd eat vanilla wafers and drink an orange soda like nothing happened. <laughs> and he was always very good to me. His name was, uh, the fuck was his name? I can't remember now. And then that was the first guy that taught me like slick little things, what to look for. Then my mom married Juan and that was a complete different. He was always prepared. Juan was always prepared for if you were going to come to his house. If you shot him and he fell there. Did he have a gun under that flower pot to shoot you? It was amazing. Yeah. That's how he planned. So you learn little things. I seen how Juan went at people. You know, Juan would not even let you breathe. So I learned little things. And then as I got older, I went to Colorado, which, you know, you think about New York City. I'm from Jersey and all this shit and all these tough guys. That's great. They're tough guys. But the precision motherfuckers I met were in Colorado. And the first guy being this guy that was just a fucking manimal. What he had in his house was he was prepared for a war. Like he could go eight days by himself against a troop. Like he had grenades. Oh, no, there's guys he like had that missiles. Colorado, he yeah. had eight yeah, days. He yeah. told me, he goes, I got eight days and I could shoot 92 soldiers and, you know, 18 fucking whatever. I mean, this guy, and when they taught you and they teach you, but I would sleep at his house, we'd smoke cigars, we'd watch Scarface. Then the next day we'd get up and he'd teach me how to shoot all these things, how to make booby traps to boot people because he was into all that shit. You want me to hunt uh -huh. somebody? I'll hunt somebody. He hunted everything in Colorado. You know what Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he looked, he had the, Prairie dogs. Oh, everything. He had, the, he had the appearance of uh he had the appearance of a guy that was a shooter. Like if you seen him, you like this guy's a dangerous guy. But then I got a job at Aspen Electric, and there was a guy that they put me with. I was an apprentice and he was an electrician. And we used to ride into work together and you know, I'd go to his house for pizza and after about a month or two you start talking to somebody and this guy was a fucking genius. 
I mean, this guy was a fucking genius, a Colorado genius. He took my mind to a different level because he knew about alarm systems, counterintelligence, bugging. He taught me how to break into people's phones to see if they got a bug on their tap. This guy was anti, and I asked him once, how do you know about this shit? And he knew how to hunt somebody. Like, this motherfucker uh -huh. knew. And one night we were out, I think we were doing a couple bumps, and he goes, listen, the reason, he goes, the name I gave you, that's not my name. <laughs> Don't worry about what my name is. He goes, me and her live here. I mean, we were living in the mountains of Aspen. We were living in Basalt, Colorado. What if nobody's looking, they're not going to find you. Uh -huh. You know, that's why I always tell people, you could disappear for a while, buy you some time, get some money. And he told me once, he goes, somebody fucked with me once, and I took them the fuck out. And they got in bad situations, and they thought it was me, and I had to leave town. And let's leave it at that. But this guy was just a cool guy. He was like an uncle to me. I was maybe 22, and he was teaching me fucking everything. How to just, I mean, it, it, I can't even say, you know, all those little right, things. Like I told right. you, the strings and the, the tricks with the fucking breaking into people's houses and windows. And, the, and it was just amazing that. We broke contact. I went back to New Jersey, and I never heard from him again. We spoke a few times on the phone, but then you know how life is. And years later, when I got arrested, his name came up. Like, his name came up, and I tried to get my private investigators to find out more. Uh -huh. And I guess that these guys were working for somebody, like a government agency. Oh, really? Like, they had left, like, in the witness relocation plan, and they had given information about me before. Uh -huh. So when I showed up, like... Well, when I got in trouble in 87, it was very weird because I thought I had gotten away with all this stuff over the years. But there was one day where I fired my attorney, and the next time I showed up, the judge goes, Mr. Diaz, you, you didn't show up with counsel. Go into my chambers. And when I went into chambers, there was two cops waiting for me. And they're like, listen, dog, we got some information for you. They started taking pictures out and showing me pictures of me. And Are you like, serious? Yeah, and they were watching for a uh -huh. while in Aspen because this, and I've said this before on the podcast, this guy in Aspen, his wife was stealing money from the city of Aspen uh -huh. and she was buying blow in it so she got caught. So part of the deal was that she went out and bought coke from different dealers. But I knew they were weird. They always would come to my house and go, we don't want to talk inside. Let's go outside and talk out here. Really? Yeah. Really? So I knew like the yeah. second time I'm like, I'm going to stay away from them. But because those people illuminated them to me, the cops were on to me. So now they were giving, they were taking pictures of me, and they were right ready to get me, and psh, I bolted out of fucking Aspen in '87. So it was kind of weird that all this, you know, when you see old information about you, you think nobody's watching. This is way before 9/11. People were watching. Yeah, yeah. And when they said to me, they go, "Do you know this name?" And I was like, "No," you know. And they're like, "Really?" And they go, and then they ripped out the paperwork and they told me, "No, this is their real name. This is the name you know them on." I was like. Come on. And they were like, and it's so weird that in Colorado, you don't know who the fuck you're going to meet. We've discussed yeah, it because yeah. you're from Colorado. So did they tell you what the guy did or what he was? No. They, and my investigator couldn't find that because when you get in trouble, you hire an investigator to investigate uh -huh. the people you get in trouble with. And uh, I said to him, I, I want to know what really happened with this guy. What did he say? And he goes, he was giving information while you were doing shit. And it's really crazy because one of the burglaries I did was per his instructions. Like, I did it perfectly, one of the burglaries. And I didn't mm -hmm. think about this till then. Uh -huh. But one burglary was like uh, Christmas Eve. And, and nobody was out. Everybody was in their condos. And I said, this is the time to do it. So in the daytime, I went up there and got the caps and cut the wires. I mean, it was perfect. On the alarm? On the alarms. So even if the alarm went off, the wire wouldn't go in. I knew that the alarm didn't have a trip to the police station. They weren't that advanced up there. This mm -hmm. was just to scare people off. But you know what? I cut the alarm, and when I went up there that night, something made me go around the building, and I could see the cops coming up. 
with no headlights on. Uh-huh. So they were tipped off to it. I made it out of there. I got home, and then they came in and found the shoes. They said, you didn't go out all night? No. Then how come you got mud on your shoes? Because uh-huh. you leave your shoes outside the fucking door. I'm like, God damn it. So then they started investigating me, and by that time I went to New York the first time. Right. So you never fucking know. Wow, so I thought Jerry. about this shit. You never know, and it's so weird that you think back in hindsight, like, I learned a lot of creepy fucking things around those people. They taught me some wild shit. Yeah. Like, you know, shooting people with a low caliber pistol because you won't make a mess and the bullet just scrambles their brains. So you shoot them with a fucking twenty two in the head, right behind their head, and it doesn't make a loud noise. Nobody knows you even did it. They fall and they get their head right. scrammed. There's so many fucking different things here. I don't want to turn this into Soldier of Fortune, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's a don't try that. At home. It's Jeez. very it's very uh, it's very weird what happens to you. You know, like yeah. in <clears throat> the situations. I'm sorry to bring this stuff up. The stuff that no, I was okay. uh, I was gonna rob my mother's casket. I'm gonna have to casket. start patting you down when you no no no. You know one thing, man, and you. When I carried a weapon was when people approached me with weapons. And one day I said, I'm not going to carry a weapon no more. I threw them away, and I never met anybody with weapons yet. Oh, really? Weapons are a magnet, and people don't understand. If you wow. put that out there, if you put that out there. I heard an interesting story. A friend of mine uh, hurt herself, and uh, she, she hurt herself pretty bad. And I hooked up with her for something a couple of weeks ago for lunch or something. And uh, I looked at the cast and she looked me in the eye and she goes, Joe, I got to tell you something. She goes, I feel really bad about my leg. And she goes, why? I go, because where I lived three years ago, there was somebody who made our life unpleasant in the condominium. He used to double park and throw mm-hmm. his garbage and he used to yell at them. They had to finally evict him. And she goes, I made a subconscious decision that I wanted his life to be uncomfortable. And about a year later, he fell down and broke his leg and, and his Achilles tendon. And I go, what's that got to do with you? She goes, I did the same injury. Yeah. So she feels in her heart now. But by her putting it out there, somebody else got hurt. It affected yeah. her. So you really yeah. have to. And with weapons, I always felt the same thing. Like, I seen it for me. When I put a weapon on, I thought I was Don Johnson in Miami Vice. Fucking everybody I bumped into pulled weapons. It's a fucking nightmare when you hang out with people with weapons. But then one day I said, you know what? I'm not going to have them for some reason. I was on a felony or something. I didn't carry them. I met nobody else with weapons. Wow. What are you going to do? If you you have any emails or any questions that you want to email us at beautyandthebeastpodcast at gmail.com. And I want to thank everybody who donated to the documentary from the bottom of my heart. I'm getting all ready to go shoot it next weekend. Felicia will be in New Orleans. Yeah. I'll be in New York. We will be putting up videos, so take your fucking camera I'm with you. I'm going to take my camera, and I'm also going to be in Austin, Texas at the end of the month. Okay, so September. September 30th? Weekend, uh, September 30th through October 1st. You're a badass bitch. At the Velveeta Room. You're a badass bitch. This is how we do it, people. Yeah. So I'm hoping you listen today. Thank you very much for listening and for taking the time. Jolie Savage is a kiss, Felicia. Um, okay. Yourself. Stay black, people. Have a great week.